Welcome to the third season of Learning Bible Truth Ministries. I am the founder, host, and teacher, Dr. Kamala D. This ministry is here to teach you Bible truth. Teaching truth allows you to grow in faith and learn how to walk in God's amazing grace. I sometimes read entire books in the Bible so you can know the story, not just the scripture. I also teach a series about a certain subject, so I want you to invite family and friends. Get your Bibles, grab a pen and paper so you can take notes. Now sit back, relax, and learn Bible truth. Hi, Saints. Welcome. I know it's late. I am your host. I am your founder and I am your teacher of Learning Bible Truth Ministries. I promised that I would share episode eight today and I don't want to belabor the fact because I know it's late and this episode will not be that long. We left off last episode, episode seven, talking about an alliance that was going to form uh, in the future, which is now to attack Israel. So we are going to talk about in episode eight, that alliance that is forming right before our eyes today. This is more Bible truth. And uh, once again, a disclaimer, if I happen to mention Muslims, it's because they are involved in some of the information that I will be sharing today, such as history and this present age and, and, and future events. Okay. I have nothing against the Muslim people. I have something against their teachings, not the human beings. You will not catch me strapping on a bomb, trying to blow anybody up. That is not what the Lord Jesus Christ stands for. Okay. So with that said, let's get this truth on the road. So we are going to talk about the alliance that is forming right before our eyes today to attack Israel in the near future. I'm not even sure if they know that they are going to attack Israel. And as we move through this episode, I will make that more clear to you. Okay. So a little bit of history back in 2001, the Iranian president, Mohammed Khatami, he became the first Iranian leader to visit Moscow since the 1979 revolution. His visit marked the continuation of a closer relationship between the two countries following the end of the Iran-Iraq war between 1980 and 1988 and the death of the Ayatollah back in 1989, Iran and Russia steadily increased their economic and military ties, and Katami's visit served to strengthen those ties. In Moscow, he visited the Kremlin, where he met with Vladimir Putin and other top Russian military and political officials. Now, his purpose, increased cooperation in trade and military affairs and a general increase in friendliness between the two nations. Since Katami's visit to Russia, Russia has agreed to sell arms to Tehran and renew its 1995 commitment to help complete Iran's Bashir nuclear reactor and actively sought to curb United Nations sanctions against Iran over its nuclear ambitions. 
And as time goes by, saints, the Russian-Iranian alliance will only grow stronger. I want y'all to keep that in mind. So how can we be sure? Because the Bible said so more than 2,000 years ago. And why should we care? Let me explain this. Because the Bible said these same two nations will lead an alliance that will invade Israel just before Jesus returns. So if you're looking for a clue as to when the second coming will take place, you need to look for this alliance, an alliance which has never existed until now. Think about that. This alliance has never existed until now. More than 2,600 years ago, the prophet Ezekiel, he warned of a future time when a vast coalition of nations will attack Israel. Now, as this mass force invades, the entire world will watch. Some will watch in fear, some in anticipation, and in the face of overwhelming odds, it will seem like Israel is all alone. Not a, 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 a single nation, saints, think about that. Not a single nation will lift a finger to help Israel, including the United States. Now, Israel isn't alone, though. I want you all to keep that in mind because God says he will use this invasion. Listen now. God will use this invasion to make himself known to the entire world. All those people who have said and still saying today, where is God and why doesn't God reveal himself? Those people will be silenced on that day because while the whole world watches, God himself will destroy what we call the Gog of Magog Alliance. That's the name of the alliance that is forming before our eyes, the Gog of Magog. Now, I know this because the Bible reveals the details of this future battle in the book of Ezekiel, chapters 38 and chapter 39. You guys need to read that. And again, this is the same Bible that has a perfect track record when it comes to fulfilled prophecy. Now, knowing this, I have 100% confidence that the Gog of Magog invasion will unfold just as the Bible says it will. So what does the Bible tell us? Hmm? So we're going to look into that. The Bible tells us that the leader of this coalition is a man named Gog, G-O-G. He is from the land of Magog. He's also known as the Prince of Rosh, R-O-S-H, and Meshach, and Tubal, or T-U-B-A-L, Tubal or Tubal. That's according to Ezekiel 38, verse 2. Now, when Israel is living in peace, according to Ezekiel, this man named Gog will come with a mighty army and cover the land like a cloud. And that's written in Ezekiel uh, chapter 38, verses 14 through 16. But his plans to conquer Israel will come to nothing because God promises to turn these enemy invaders against each other in combat. And that's written in Ezekiel 38, verse 21. But did you hear what I said? It said, God will turn these enemies against one another and they will start fighting each other in combat in the middle of trying to attack Israel. So God says these invading armies will have their weapons knocked from their hands. And look, this prophecy is getting ready to get tough now and they will die in open fields where they become food for vultures and wild animals. That's written in Ezekiel 39 verse three. 
In fact, the Bible says God's invasion of Israel will trigger an earthquake that is so strong. Every living creature on the face of the earth at that time will tremble in God's presence. That's according to Ezekiel chapter 38 verses 19 and 20. And he will send a torrential rain of fire hailstones and burning sulfur on the invading armies against Israel. Remember, God said he's going to destroy Israel's enemies. That's why it doesn't pay to be an enemy of Israel today. But these nations have no clue of Bible prophecy. Ezekiel 38, 22 tells us that God will send burning sulfur on the invading armies. Now, I wouldn't want to be an enemy of Israel, would you? Because the end result is the total destruction of the Gog of Magog Alliance. Do you hear me, saints? So many dead bodies will litter the land. It will take seven months, according to Ezekiel 39, 12. It will take seven months to bury all the dead, even with the help of every citizen in Israel. So do you think that will get the world's attention? Hmm. Do you think everybody will wake up and stand at attention then when they see this happen? Now, once again, Israel will triumph in the face of overwhelming odds, but it won't be a well thought out military plan or, or top secret weapons that defeat her armies. Defeat will come from the hand of God himself and the whole world will know it because they will see it. Now, through his devastating response to the to the invading armies of the Gog of Magog alliance, the God of Abraham, hallelujah, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob will announce his existence to a world that denies him today. So I'm here to tell you, God is tired of being ignored. He promises to make his holy name known by saving the people of Israel. So the nations of the world will know that he alone is God. I want you guys to read Ezekiel chapter 39, verse 7, and read Ezekiel chapter 38, verse 16, in reference to what I just said. And believe it or not, this entire chain of events is triggered when a man named God sets out to plunder the nation of Israel. He sets out to attack and loot and try to steal all its riches, but it's not going to happen saints. But who is this man? I wanted to, I know you want to know, cause I, I wanted to know. So doing my research, we are going to find out who is this Gog of Magog? Where are the kingdoms of Rosh and Meshach and Tubal? And who are his allies? Now, the prophet Ezekiel identifies the nations in the Gog of Magog Alliance as Magog, Rosh, Meshach, or uh, Meshach. Now, it, it's spelled M-E-S-C-H-E-C-H, -E -C -H, Tubal, Persia, Cush, Put, Goma, and Beth to Goma. Ezekiel 38, 1 through 6 spells this out. Now, if none of these names make any sense to you, I get it because it didn't make any sense to me when I was studying for it. These don't sound like the names of any nations on earth today, but that doesn't mean that Ezekiel wasn't pointing to our day and time. In fact, as, as we'll see later in this episode, Ezekiel specifically states that this invasion will occur in our time. Now, keep in mind, 
that Ezekiel named the nations of the uh, of this particular alliance as they were known in his day. And each one represents a clearly identifiable nation currently in existence. In fact, long before Russia became a world power, biblical scholars identified Rosh, R-O-S-H, as the nation of Russia and Gog as its ruler. Now, the identity of Gog as the ruler of Russia is confirmed when Ezekiel notes his geographic location. Ezekiel says that Gog will bring his armies from the extreme north. That's written in Ezekiel 38:15 and Ezekiel 39:2. Now, while this might seem like a broad statement rather than a specific prophecy, I'm here to tell you it's not. This statement, like most in the Old Testament, is made in reference to the nation of Israel. Keep that in mind. Israel is the key here. So it's saying that God will reside to the extreme north of Israel. So if you have a map, looking at a map, I want you to draw a straight line north of Israel on, on any map of the Middle East. Okay, guess what nation is there? Russia is. So Gog is clearly the ruler of Russia. But Gog isn't alone. He has plenty of, of, of co-conspirators, saints. Now, I'm getting ready to give you a list of the nations that is cited by Ezekiel. The Old Testament name, uh, I'm going to list the Old Testament names first and then followed by its modern day name today. Okay, so um, Rosh, R-O-S-H, is Russia today. That's who Rosh is. And Magog is Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, uh, Turkmenistan and Kazakhstan, Tajikistan and Afghanistan. Okay, are you following me? Persia today is Iran. Kush is Sudan. Put is Libya. And Turkey is Meshek, Tubal, Goma, and Betagoma. Now, these nations aren't called. Uh, by the same name back in the Old Testament days. But I want you to keep in mind that Israel is the same. So you may ask, why doesn't the Bible clearly state that Russia and Iran are part of this invading force? Why does it say Rosh and Persia instead? But I'm here to tell you it does. It does. I want you to remember this. Think that, that this is logic now. You have to think logical. Or logically, okay. Remember, these were the names of those countries back when Ezekiel, 2600 years ago, recorded God's word as God spoke to Ezekiel to write it down. Now, since then, more than 2500 years of human history passed, nations changed, people intermarried, wars changed boundaries and locations. Old languages died and new ones started to evolve. But I want you to keep in mind, Israel is still around. So I'll repeat what I just said in case you overlook the significance of it. Israel is still here. Same name, same people, even though it went away for almost 2000 years in exile. This is a perfect illustration of why Israel is a modern day miracle. Where are these Old Testament nations? Where are Magog, Meshach, and Tabal? Where, where, where are Persia, Cush, Put, and Gomer? They are still around only with different names, saints. And in most cases, with different racial, culture, and religious elements. Yet Israel remains the same. 
It not only retains its ancient name, its people maintain the same national identity they had 2,600 years ago. Even though the Roman legions destroyed Israel, they came back. And even though Hitler tried to exterminate the Jews, his plan backfired and the Holocaust gave birth to the modern day nation of Israel today against all odds saints. The Jewish people are back in their land. Now, do you think that's a coincidence? I want to ask you that. Do you think that's a mere coincidence? Because God promised to gather his people back in the land of Israel and God always keeps his promise. Uh-huh. And let me tell you something. I don't care if it was Hitler. I don't care if, you know, it's Russia if or if it's Rome. Their arms are too short to box with God. So I want you to think about this kind of promise from God is that the Gog of Magog Alliance will one day attack the nation of Israel. I want you to think about that. God promised that they will one day attack Israel. Now, in the history of the world, there has never been a, an alliance of nations that existed like this. But today we see it coming together right before our eyes. Now, I want you to check your history books. Do your research. I want you to do what I did. Now, up until March 21st of 1935, the world knew the nation of Iran as Persia. The same Persia referenced in the Gog of Magog Alliance. Now, in the 2600 years since Ezekiel recorded his prophecies, the nations of Russia and Persia have never been part of an alliance of any sort. Economic and military cooperation between Persia, which is Iran today, and Russia had never taken place at least until around 1989. But today, saints, Iran and Russia are strong allies. Now, for example, in 1995, the Russian Ministry for Atomic Energy signed an agreement with Iran to finish the Bashir nuclear power plant. Now, construction on the plant that had uh, had come to an, an immediate halt after the 1979 Islamic Revolution. But today, thanks to Russia, work is once again in progress. The two nations continue to strengthen their economic and military ties. And Russia is one of the few world powers that consistently defends the existence of the Iran's nuclear program. Uh-huh. Yeah, do your research. Turkey is another interesting member of this military alliance. Very interesting. Since the restoration of Israel in 1948, those who understand Bible prophecy have struggled to figure out how Turkey fits in. And let me explain to you why. Because in 1949, Turkey became the first Muslim majority country to officially recognize the state of Israel. Turkey and Israel have a long history of diplomatic, economic, and military cooperation. Turkey is also, guess what, a member of NATO. And what is the purpose of NATO? A lot of people want to know this. The purpose of NATO is to defend member nations against Russian aggression. So why would Turkey join a Russian alliance to, to invade another country? I, you know, in case some of you might ask, because I asked myself that.
While it hasn't made sense in recent years, that idea doesn't seem far-fetched today. In May of 2010, Turkey and Russia signed a series of agreements enhancing their energy ties, including an agreement to build Turkey's first nuclear power plant. And in recent years, Turkey's domestic politics, historically secular in nature, have been heavily influenced by Islam. And that gives Turkey more than enough motive to join the Gog of Magog Alliance. Okay, saints? Now keep in mind that with the exception of Russia, the contemporary nations in the Gog of Magog Alliance are majority Muslim nations. Now, Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, and, and, and Turkmenistan, and, and Karakistan, and, and uh, Tajikistan, um, and Afghanistan are majority Muslim nations. Iran is 97% Muslim. Libya is 90% Muslim. Sudan is 97% Muslim. Today, most of these nations are antagonistic toward Israel. And the Bible says that soon every one of them will be antagonistic towards Israel. Now, God revealed this more than 2,600 years ago, and he did more than simply tell us it would happen. He told us exactly when it would happen. Now, prior to the Gog's invasion, the nation of Israel would be at peace according to the Bible, Ezekiel 38, 11, to be exact. Israel will be an unprotected nation without walls, confident in their own security forces. Now, I want you to think about that for a second. In the days of Ezekiel, a city or a nation without walls was unheard of. It would have been a certain invitation for an invasion. But in the modern day era of warfare, and I'm talking about today, walls do little to repel an invading army. So while Israel today is a land guarded by walls, it's not a far, it's, it's really not a stretch at all to imagine a day in the near future when those walls are gone. In fact, that day is quickly approaching. How can I be sure? Because the Bible tells us the precise time of the Gog of Magog invasion. The Bible says this alliance will form and come against Israel in the latter days. Ezekiel 38 verse 8. Now, so what does that mean? The key word in Hebrew is called Akarit, which generally translates as the after part or latter part or last or close or end. In other words, this alliance will form in the last days just prior to the return of Christ Jesus. Ezekiel uses this same word, Akarit, again when God says he will bring the alliance against the land of Israel in the last days, Ezekiel 38, 16. And at the beginning of verse 8 in Ezekiel 38, he reveals that this will happen a long time from now or in the distant future. In other words, this is not a prophecy that was fulfilled in Ezekiel's day. God was talking about a future event that would take place. But that's not all he says. Ezekiel provides us with additional information. There are additional clues. In fact, the same scriptures that I just cited from Ezekiel 38, God reveals precisely when this invasion will occur. In verse 12 of Ezekiel 38, God says, to, not God, G-O-G-O-D, I'm talking about God, G-O-G, says to himself, 
I will attack the once abandoned cities that are now populated with the Jews who returned from exile among the nations. So did you catch that? Gog will attack the land when it's filled with the exiles who returned from among the nations. The target of Gog's invasion is modern day Israel. God himself confirms this when he says the invasion will occur after Israel's people have been gathered from among the nations. That's Ezekiel 38 verse 8. He says it will happen when I bring my people home from among the enemy nations. And when I'm quoting scripture or paraphrasing through here, I'm using the, the uh, New Living Translation saints. So I want you to read Ezekiel chapter 39 verse 27. This return home from among many nations has happened only once in all of human history. And our generation is a witness to that event. The 1948 gathering of the Jewish people and the restoration of Israel in the land was ordained by God. So why do I think this is a sign of the second coming? Now, we know from all the way episode uh, from episode five of this series that the Old Testament prophets directly linked the restoration of Israel and the regathering of the Jewish people with the imminent coming of the Messiah. And Ezekiel links the Gog of Magog invasion with the restoration of Israel. So this means the appearance of the Gog of Magog alliance is a necessary precursor to the second coming of Jesus Christ. So if the second coming is near, shouldn't we expect to see evidence of this alliance already coming together? Huh? Shouldn't we expect to see it if, if the second coming of Jesus is near? And today we do see it. Now, never before in the history of the world has an alliance existed among the specific nations cited by Ezekiel. Yet today we can clearly see the common interest that's shared by the nations that Ezekiel mentioned. This invasion requires Russia and Iranian military alliance that didn't exist until recent times, saints. In fact, Russia-Iranian cooperation of any sort had been had been for the most part non-existence until, until 1989. So today, Russia and Iran, they brag strongly about their diplomatic and, and, and geopolitical, economic and military ties. Now, for the, uh, the first time in 2,600 years since Ezekiel recorded his prophecy, we see signs of the Gog of Magog alliance coming together. Now, when you look at the world today, do you really think things are the same now as they have always been? And you know good and well it is not today. We are living in some times today to where at least twice a week, I don't want to watch the news. But by me being a teacher, and I'm talking about one of those advanced teachers, I have to watch because I'm studying Bible prophecy and I have to see it unfold so that I can share it with you guys. Because the Bible says this alliance is a sign that the second coming is near. And I can see it forming in daily news, saints, in the headlines, in world news. And I want to point it out to you so that you can be prepared. Now, the Bible says that it's not the only geopolitical alliance the Bible predicts for the last days. Now, the scriptures also say that there is another specific alignment of nations that is even gr a greater sign of, of Jesus' return. And guess what? Today, we can see that alliance forming as well. 
And this is the end of episode eight because I can't go no further. I am worn out. But saints, we are going to talk about that second alliance next week. And also, let me tell you, um, this series will only have 11 episodes. So we will conclude episode nine next week. And then we have two episodes next. And I want to share this with you after um, this series is completed. I am going to do a one episode sermon regarding why Christians or why believers die before their time. Yes, uh, that is um, an anticipated sermon. I have a lot of people emailing me saying, you know, I want to know this. They asking questions about why so many Christians are dying. You know, why so many young people uh, belonging to uh, Christian families are dying. And I said, you know what? I'm going to share in a sermon because I can tell you in scripture from word to word in scripture, why we have a lot of Christians dying before their times. And it is not enough to just know Jesus. You need to know the word because the Bible is clear. The just shall live by faith. And if you don't know what's going on and if you don't know how to obtain faith, let me tell you something. You are just a, a Christian that is existing. You don't have no faith. You know, you just might not be saved, but we are going to talk about that when this series is over. So saints, um, anybody you encounter, please treat them with compassion, dignity, and respect and stay on air so that you can hear an invitation to accept Christ. If you have family members that are not saved, they need to hear this message. They need to know that there is a wrath that is coming and that everyone that's in Christ will not be here to experience that wrath because God promised to save us. That's what we are being saved from. We are being saved from the wrath that is coming. So saints, until next time, peace out. If you don't know the risen Savior, now is the acceptable time. Today is the day of salvation. Saints, tomorrow is not promised to you. There will be a time where Jesus Christ will no longer be available to you, and those who call upon the Lord will not be saved. So all you have to do is repeat after me. Go to Romans chapter 10, and we are going to read verses 9 and 10. You can include verse 11 so that it can give you understanding of verse 9 and 10. So saints, God made his salvation plan simple for every man, every walk of life, every ethnicity, every color of skin to come to him and be reconciled to him through the blood of Jesus. So let's say this prayer in all sincerity. Father God, I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. And I believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead. And your word says, if I confess this, that I am saved. So Father God, I believe that Jesus is your son and he is Lord. And I confess with my mouth that he is seated at your right hand because you raised him from the dead. Amen. Saints, if you made that confession and you were sincere, you should feel a change in your heart. That is the seal of the Holy Spirit. And you are sealed unto the day of redemption. And no man can take your salvation away from you. So saints, I want you 
to join a faith-based teaching church. Contact Learning Bible Truth. You can continue to listen to Learning Bible Truth until you find a church home. Contact us and tell us what area you live in and we will conduct a search and tell you what church is teaching Bible truth and direct you to that church so that you can be baptized. Yes, you are not saved by water baptism. Water baptism is symbolic to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. When you come up out of that water, you come up as a new man, but you are saved before you get baptized. So saints, I hope that you were sincere Play this tape for family and friends. Lead men to the risen Christ for salvation because there is no other name given among men by which we must be saved. And that is the name of Christ Jesus, our Lord. hope you were enlightened by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this message, you can contact us by emailing talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com. If you would like to sow a seed in this growing ministry, you may access the front page on the podcast you are listening to and click on the support button. Or you can cash app the ministry at dollar sign Dr. Kamla D. That is at dollar sign, capital D, lowercase r, capital C, lowercase a-m-a-l-e, capital D, and donate any amount. And remember, God loves a cheerful giver, and so do we. So until next time, believers, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, not the word of man. We walk by faith and not by what we see. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamla D, serving you with Christ Jesus, our Lord, in peace and love. I thank each of you for tuning in, and I hope to hear from you soon. Peace out.